Today is August 14th, 2022. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 96 to 97. Tanya G will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Patrick. When the speaker, uh, um, so Tanya, um, will you please read from the Big Book, pages 96 to 97 from Do Not Be Discouraged, at the top of page 96 to, um, and including the paragraph at the bottom of 97, though an alcoholic does not respond. Thank you. Do, my, do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on any one situation is deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowship failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. Suppose now you're making your second visit to a man he has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you're available if he wishes to make a decision and tell a story, but do not insist upon it if he prefer prefers to consult someone else. He may be broke and homeless. If he is, you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance, but you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have. Perhaps you will want to make the man, take the man into your home for a few days, but be sure you use discretion. Be certain he will be welcomed by your family and that he is not trying to impose upon you for money, connections, or shelter. Permit that and you will only harm him. You will be making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction, destruction rather than his recovery. Never avoid these responsibilities, but, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the good Samaritan every day, if need be. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money in your home counseling, frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the future in your home. Furniture, excuse me, in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you will have to call a doctor and admit her minister sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there's a much better chance that the head of the family will recover 
And even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Um, thank you, Tanya, for reading. Um, and now for our speaker, um, Patrick B. Um, will speak for 20 minutes, um, for a 20 minute chat. Patrick. Thank you. My name is Patrick and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm uh, very grateful for the opportunity to share experience, strength and hope um, on this meeting today. Um, if you're new here, what you are present to here is nothing short of a life-saving and life-giving program of recovery from compulsive overeating. Um, in, the, uh, in, in the forward to the second edition, and in the paragraph, in the, in the preface to Dr. Bob's story in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the words permanent recovery and permanent sobriety are used. That's what's available here if you're new. Um, you've heard people describe themselves as recovered, recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. If you're new and suffering, if you're coming back and suffering, please stay, find a sponsor, do this work. And then as we're going to talk about in these, in these paragraphs on these two lovely pages in the, in the chapter, working with others, work with others and help. I have found deep meaning and purpose in 12-step fellowships by being of service to fellow sufferers after I have recovered. Um, you know, the, the, the paragraph that I always am gravi gravitate to in, in these two pages on, on 97, where it says, Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. All over this book, from, front, from, the, from the first pages to page 164, the need for us to have an experience with these steps, to have an experience with a power greater than ourselves, sufficient to remove the obsession to, to eat, and to carry the message to those who still suffer is emphasized over and over and over. And yet what I did for a period of time was act like that piece of this was optional. Um, for too long, I, act like, I acted like it was optional. Um, that you know, sponsoring others was a little more than, than, than I signed up for. Um, and you know, the results spoke for themselves. I wasn't able to get abstinent. I can tell you that I sit here on this meeting today sharing with you as a result of a responsible recovered member of Overeaters Anonymous who took this chapter literally. I got 12 stepped into Overeaters Anonymous as an 11 year member of our grandfather fellowship AA at the 2015 International AA convention where I was waddling around at 400 pounds with type, almost death level type two diabetes, chronic neuropathy in both my legs. Mind you, I had put on 150 pounds after a triple bypass on my heart. I'm sitting on a bench in Atlanta and a woman who, um, was a, was a, they were acquaintances of mine because I'd done a lot of talks in that other fellowship. Um, and I was really good. I had acquired what, what I like to call a recovery ego. 
in which I was more than happy to share. You know, I'd memorized the first 164 pages of the book. Um, I consider myself a spiritual icon, and, and I'm not living any of these principles at all. I'm not a, a representation in my home's occupations and affairs of anything that resembles spiritual living because I'm chronically addicted to food and have been since birth. But um, because I have, I am alcoholic and I am a compulsive overeater, I, 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 I focused on looking good instead of being good. I, I, I focused on um, all the wrong things. I thought this was about, um, you know, coming in and finding friends and, and just, you know, kind of half measures availed me nothing. Uh, that's what I'll say. Um, so this woman um, approached me and, and I knew them both. I knew her husband and her. I didn't know she was a member of this fellowship. I was sitting on that bench um, and she approached me and 12-stepped and me into Overeaters Anonymous by asking, asking me how I was doing. And I said, I'm fine because that's what I do. I defend. Now it's obvious I'm not fine. I'm, I'm 400 pounds at this point. And I'm, I'm clearly suffering. I'm ill. But I'll tell you that I'm spiritually fit. I'll tell you that everything's okay. Because God forbid I have to look at this. A second surrender, another, another issue. And I'm sure in the, in the 164, oddly enough, we have 164 participants on this meeting right now. That's awesome. Um, uh, oddly enough, I'm sure there's someone here who's a member of that other fellowship as well. Um, but this woman asked me how I was doing, and I reported to her that I was doing fine. And, and, and she had the courage to tell me that I was full of crap. And she had the courage to stick her finger in the wound and say, Patrick, you don't know this, but I'm a member of Overeaters Anonymous. She was just a little thing and in, in, in about four foot nine or 10. And, and um, at one point, had been, she reported to me that she'd been 275 pounds. She'd lost part of her left leg to, to diabetes. She'd always had a prosthetic, but I'd never known why. She told me her story. She walked right up to someone she hardly knew and carried the life-saving, life-giving message of Overeaters Anonymous. Now, I'm not advocating that you do that on a daily basis. But I'm telling you that that's what saved my life. Um, and I've been able to share that in many, many, many forums. And I've also been able to gently and lovingly and kindly invite many other members of, of, of my other fellowship into this fellowship. And I've also been able to um, responsibly, through this book, through these 12 steps, uh, sponsor members of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, the, the, the rest of that paragraph where it says you may have to you have to act the good Samaritan every day if need be. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with, you know, being a member of a responsible recovered member of a 12-step fellowship is not convenient nor comfortable at times. It requires commitment. It requires dedication. It requires effort. It requires discipline in order to stay abstinent and spiritually fit. 
Now, the gift of that, of all those things, of that effort is peace, serenity, and meaningful living. At least that's what I get to experience on an almost daily basis these days. Um, my abstinence date is uh, August 26th of 2020. That's my back-to-back -back black and white abstinence date. I've been in Overeaters Anonymous since um, uh, 2015. I've been relieved of over 200 pounds and put my type two in full remission with nutrition. I no longer require diabetic medication. I've lost four toes to this disease. My feet are mangled. I almost lost them both. My legs are numb from just below the knee down. My feet are like bricks. I have shoes and orthopedic and or, you know, orthopedic um, instruments in both shoes. But it doesn't limit my life. Um, I just got back from a, from a five-day trip to the mountains in Colorado, went on long hikes, navigated the stairs at Red Rocks for two concerts, was able to, to, to you know, because of this life-giving, life-saving program, my body is healed. The, the, the human body is a miraculous instrument. If treated with dignity and love and kindness and respect, it will respond. It will heal. Um, and, and, you know, I have a nutritionist, I have a sponsor in Overeaters Anonymous that I report my food to on a daily basis. I weigh and measure all my meals because that's what I have to do. I do not have the capacity to, 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 uh, monitor on my own, what goes in my mouth. I've, I've lost that ability. That's a first step proposition. And in order to, to, to effectively carry the message in the 12th step, I have to be willing to accept that that's the condition I exist in in step one. And I have to work the rest of these steps to have an experience with the program, an experience with the God of my understanding, an experience with abstinence in order to share, not an opinion of it. Um, the thing that nearly killed me um, in that other fellowship, the thing that kept me from you guys for so long because I knew you existed was an opinion about an experience I hadn't had yet. Look at your look at your life today. Look at your program. Is there an aspect of it that 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 is is somehow uncomfortable? Is what's preventing you from addressing that? And a, a contempt prior to investigation, as it says on page five sixty seven, is it fear? Because we have this power that we access through these steps. And, and I sold that power short for, for way too long. I really try hard not to sell that power short in my life today. I really, really do. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm human, so I do. God knows I'm not perfect. On any given day, I can show up like a donkey if I don't do my, my morning meditation and prayer, right? If I don't do my, 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 my actions. That they get my day started in a spiritual and 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 loving way. Um, you know these these things about your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. That's true in my life. I get a lot of calls. Uh, you know, a drug may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. Well, I, I've never had a compulsive reader do that in my home. I have had some interesting experiences with this paragraph in my other fellowship, but we won't share that here because I'll be respectful to our traditions. Uh, but if you, if you call me and want to know, I can share in an anonymous way some very interesting things. Um, 
I, I think the last paragraph on 97 is really important to me as well. Um, though an alcoholic does not respond, there, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. Um, you know, I have had to counsel family members at times. Why can't they recover? Why do they keep relapsing? And, and you know, just, just being kind and gentle and explaining that what we have is a chronic, progressive, potentially fatal illness. Um, the gift of recovery is available to everyone, but not everyone can avail themselves of it. Um, addictive disease has killed my father, my brother. My brother died in my arms from, 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 from alcoholism. Um, and, and, you know, this disease is, is life-threatening, and the recovery process is life-giving. Uh, should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family recovered. And even though he continues to drink, the, fine, the, the, the life, the family will find life more bearable. I have had the opportunity to introduce many people to um, Al-Anon. I don't know if there's a version of that for, overeat, for, for family members of overeaters, but Al-Anon is a very helpful 12-step fellowship. Um, for anybody who is who is a family member or a friend or a loved one of somebody suffering from this debilitating illness, um, the uh, the chapter at the top of ninety six, the the paragraph um, emphasizes that we are to continue to seek out others to help others to twelve step actively. Now, you might ask yourself, especially in these days when live meetings are, are, are rarer and rarer and, and how we do that. Well, being, you know, this group clearly has, a, has, has set up that opportunity with the breakout room after. With all these messages in this, in this, uh, in this chat that I saw, I just, I just love how emphasized it is for the newcomer. You know, the first one in here, welcome home, one and all. And then the explanations of how to access everything you might need if you're new and a beginner. That's the spirit of 12-stepping. That's the spirit of this chapter working with others. Um, you know, calling people when they, when they come on. Uh, and, and if you're new, don't be afraid to put your phone number here. Um, you know, all that'll happen is, is recovered members of this fellowship will call you and, and give you the opportunity to, uh, to, to share, you know, what you're struggling with. And it doesn't mean that you have to join us. You know, the great thing about this is, is it's at your disclosure. It's at your, it's at your, um, it's at your will, so to speak, to, to join us. But I will say this. You know, they're, they're, sometimes in 12-step in fellowships, we'll hear this thing that relapse is a part of recovery. And I, I want to gently and lovingly challenge that. Relapse is a symptom of our illness. Recovery is permanent. The book says it. Now, that doesn't, you know, I, I have had two slips in Overeaters Anonymous, so I speak from experience. But when I got clear that what's available here and that what's required from me is a, is a level of sometimes uncomfortable discipline, when I got clear on that and I began to exercise it in my life, the freedom came. 
freedom from the bondage of self, as it says in our third step prayer, right? Um, I, I let go of my old ideas and I was able to access not just physical abstinence from overeating, but a different level of spiritual living. Um, and, and it's been evidence in my life. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's, there's, there's that line somewhere in the lead up, uh, in the first four chapters where it says a more important demonstration of our principles in our homes, occupations, and affairs. You know, my family had to watch me nearly drink myself to death at age 44 and then nearly eat myself to death at age 55. That is not a demonstration of, of these principles in all my affairs, right? I was, I was um, employed during that time, but I, you know, in, in those 11 years of abstinence from drinking and, and engaged in compulsive overeating, you know, I wasn't able to effectively work. I could, you know, I kept a job. I, I was catching paychecks. But if you asked me if I was giving full effort at work, I would report to you that it wasn't possible because I was distracted by the obsession. What am I gonna eat? When am I gonna eat? When am I gonna get to go through the drive-through? You know, I would come home. I, I had a fair amount of autonomy in the positions I had. So I would, I would you know, take time off paid um, that wasn't reported. I would go sleep and nap and get up and binge eat again. Um, it, it was just, you know, it was, it was not um, a part of, um, it was not a part of my life to 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 be to live with integrity or kindness um, to myself and to others. I, I was I was a I was sort of a difficult man who would beat you up with this big book, right? If you challenged me, I would tell you I'm doing everything because it I, I did everything to look right and not to live right, right? And that's a difficult thing to uh, to 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 really get to. Um, and you know, not everybody wants to hear it. Uh, but if something I say today is uncomfortable or disturbing, I would ask you to not look at who said it, but what it disturbed. Because that woman that 12 stepped me in Atlanta didn't really care about my feelings. She cared about my life. And that was good because I was very, very sensitive to anybody approaching me about my morbid obesity. And, and you know, she knew she, that I had had a triple bypass at five years sober. She knew she had watched me put on 150 pounds over time. I had encountered this couple three or four times at various seminars and, 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 and big book things like this. You know, I was, I was, um, I was, I was, uh, one of those guys who would who 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 because this thing under my nose runs pretty well, um, I was one of those guys who would do seminars, and 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 you know the three day retreats and big book studies and all of this stuff. I'm participating in all of that, and granted, I'm not drinking, and I you know much much had improved in my life, but it was clear that this one area was just completely sideways, right? And so it, it, you know, when it talks about um, in here that, that you know, um, 
that idea that be certain that you will be welcomed by your family is not trying to impose upon you for money connections or shelter. You know, it's okay to ask people, permit that and you only harm him. You will be making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery. She didn't want to hear my excuses. She wanted to hear, you know, what I was willing to do. She asked me clearly, Patrick, are you willing to go to any length to recover from compulsive overeating? And guess what? You don't get to know what any length looks like. And for me this morning, any length was cutting a, a strawberry into thirds to weigh exactly the amount it's supposed to weigh based on my food plan for my nutritionist. Now that may seem crazy to you. And if it does, that's fine. But but my experience is, is it took 200 pounds off this frame, um, healed my type 2 diabetes into full remission, allowed my feet to heal sufficiently so that I didn't lose them, right? The results speak for themselves. Now, if you tell me at the beginning of my recovery in Overeaters Anonymous that that's what I'm going to be doing, no chance. So, you know, th this whole chapter, working with others, I mean, they, it, it, if, if we go back to the first page of it where it says, you, you know, if, if you're wondering why this is so necessary, if you're wondering why you're struggling, ask yourself, are you carrying the message sufficiently to other people who suffer? The first paragraph on page 89, practical experience shows that nothing will ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. That woman might have been, I don't know, maybe maybe there were other, I'm sure there were other members of Overeaters Anonymous at that convention. There's 50,000 people there. The International AA Convention is a blast, by the way, and, and y'all are welcome. You know, Come hang out with the drunks at that thing. We have it every five years, and it's a blast. Um, and if you're in 12-step, you'll relate. If, especially if you know this book, um, you can help when no one else can. That woman might have been the only time, you know, that might have been the only place and the only time that I was open to carrying the message to being or, or for her to carry the message to me. It was a moment in time in which my open-mindedness was just barely sufficient for that seed to be planted. Now, when I came home, I binged eat for a month because I was resentful. You know, the big book talks about um, in, in the run-up to step three, the alcoholic is a extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. You know, I, I'm fond of asking my uh, my sponsees, is, is that condition exist in your life today? You know, it's easy to look at it when I first came in, but what areas of your life are you exerting self-will run riot today? Ugh. Well, all I wanted to do was stop eating. Wait, or slow down, Patrick. Go easy. I'm sorry. You know, it's a chronic, progressive, life-threatening illness with a known repeatable solution. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous and experience with God and the willingness to be of service to other people. What a gift. What a priceless, meaningful gift for a man like me to be given that level of purpose 
and, 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 and for the relationships in my family to be restored to, to the condition they are. Um, you know, I just, I just spent, I, this has been a very, very active summer for me. I've been on airplanes, planes, trains, and automobiles um, all over the place. It's been wonderful. I went to my Chicago for my brother's 50th, my brother and, and sister-in-law's 50th wedding anniversary. You know, I was in their wedding when I was 13 years old. I'm 63 today. 50 years ago, I was in their wedding. Without Overeaters Anonymous, I'm not at their 50th anniversary. I don't get to play and, and, and spoil my grandnieces. And man, do I spoil, you know, I am that uncle that wrecks your parenting. I will just, my nephews look at me and go, oh no, he's got a pocket full of money and he's going to take these kids and just wreck them. And I, you know, I mean, I joke, but I do spoil them when I get the opportunity. I love them, right? And they love me. I'm Uncle Pappy, right? Uncle Pappy's coming. We're going to have fun. I put them in the car. You know, I just, it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And that's because you guys were here when I crawled in the door and was asked a very rude question after my first meeting. And that rude question that that person asked was, what are you going to have for breakfast? <laughs> and, I, and I said, I don't know. Can you help me? And they did. And I found myself in a grocery store picking up food that I typically wouldn't have eaten for breakfast and a scale and all this stuff that I never thought I'd do. And, you know, from that point, I've had the gift of willingness. From that point, um, I've been able to apply these principles in my life in a way that has, has allowed me to live with mind, body, and spirit going all the same direction. I always wanted this spiritual experience, right? But I was, I was living on two legs of the stool in that other fellowship. I couldn't get to the peace of, 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 of my body honoring this gift that I've been given of life. And, and I, I'm here to report to you that a, that a healthy spirit can't live in a sick temple. That's my experience. That if my body is not in tune, right? If, if I'm not abstinence, abstinent, if, if, if I'm polluting my system with the foods that create my allergy, and for me, it's, you know, refined sugar, white flour, um, um, certain kinds of nuts that I'll binge on. I mean, I'm, you know, I have the allergy to certain things. If, if those things are present in my life, my spiritual, my spiritual condition degrades. It just does. That's that, you know, those are the facts for me. The doctor talks about it in his opinion, right? I'm a distinct entity. I'm part of that, that 10% of the population that, that suffers from this disease um, and, and um, needs this, this life-giving, life-saving program in order to live well. Um, I love this. Suppose you are now making your second visit to this man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Hold, you know, one of the greatest things that happened to me is I had people in, in Overeaters Anonymous who were willing to hold me accountable at a high level, an uncomfortable level initially, but it became much, much easier. But they were willing to challenge my BS. 
they were they were willing to take calls when I was in a grocery store and 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 say you know I'd say can I have this and they'd say is it on your food plan? Well, no, but because <laughs> that you know I, I'm well, no, but and yeah, but are my you know two and and I was informed a long time ago by an old timer in my other fellowship that yeah, buts live in the woods with Sasquatch, um, which I thought was you know a little harsh for my sensitive, my sensitive ego at the time, but it really was a, it really was a, a wonderful way to describe it. Yeah, butts live in the woods with Sasquatch. Um, having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make it, you know, the greatest gift I have today is that people actually seek me out for guidance. I didn't have any clear purpose in my life until I found 12-step recovery. And I didn't have any real authentic recovery until I found abstinence from overeating and overeaters anonymous. This was the final, this was the closing of the loop for me. This is where my my the link in, in the chain of recovery really closed for me. And I began I began to be a part of instead of a part from. I'll say that again. I began to be a part of instead of a part from. Um, that's the gift you guys gave me. And, and um, if not for that person who let me know that she was available when I would made a decision. You know, when I finally did make the decision to come into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I called her and I said, what do I do? And she said, you know, I've been on the on the inner the, the inner group website for All Readers Anonymous in your area, and there's a meeting about a mile from your house. So if you think that, you know, you, you might be a little wackadoodle in this thing, I'm a guy that had to get his 400 pound rear end onto an airplane, fly 1,200 miles to the International Convention of Alcoholics Anonymous in 2015 to get 12 stepped into a 12, another 12-step fellowship um, where my home group was a, at, at, a mile from my house. Who knew? Um, you know, we've just recently gotten back to some in-person meetings up here in Minnesota, and I'm really grateful that I get to go see my fellows now on, on a face-to-face on -a -face basis. Um, and, and, you know, through this wonderful technology. I, I get to meet new people all the time. I'm, I'm fortunate to be asked to do this uh, occasionally. And I'm always amazed that A, anybody wants to hear what I have to say, um, but B, that that just the responses I get and, and the new people that will reach out and, and the old timers who, who share their experience with me and guide me and help me. I've got relationships with people all over the world as a result of this fellowship. What a gift because I was willing to set aside my preconceived notions. You know, way back when um, in my other fellowship, a man asked me, you know, a question. He said, is it possible you're in more trouble than you think you are? He just, he just left that for my consideration. That's all he did. And then he asked me, is it possible that's what's preventing you from living a life with some dignity and some love and some kindness and some compassion and some understanding and some meaningful purpose is an opinion about an experience you haven't had yet. 
two of the greatest questions I've ever been asked because they brought me inward instead of outward. And that was the beginning for me. And I believe that everything that has occurred in my life has occurred for a reason. And, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just wrap up with this. I don't know how I'm doing on time and, and apparently there's no timer. So, um, but I'm, I'm going to finish up with this. Rachel, where am I at with time? Um, I haven't been keeping track. You're a little bit over, but that's. All right. that's well, I'll, I'll do okay. Um, I, I'm just going to wrap it up with this story. So I'm, I'm in the rooms of, of Overeaters Anonymous. I, I'm abstinent. Um, I'm about, I think, two and a half months in. Um, and I, I'm packing my food with me when I go places because that's what I need to do just to, to be safe, especially in early recovery. Um, now I'm able to, you know, if I go to a restaurant, there are things that I can do on my plan with my sponsor and my nutritionist permission. Um, I can go out and live. I, I, I live a full, full life. Uh, but at that point, I was packing my food on a daily basis and I pulled out my morning snack. Um, and, and I was sitting with one of my AA guys who was brand new and he said, what's that? And I said, well, you know, I'm in this other fellowship now as well. And, and I weigh and measure my food and I'm going to have my morning snack. And he, and he said, man, that's really good. I'm glad for you. And he said, I, I, I think I know what that's. A... He said, I think I know what that's about. And I said, what? And he said, maybe you'll just be able to help more people. What a gift, you know, and then I, he, here he is. He's about three weeks sober. He's still shaking like a dog, um, crap and razor blades. And, and, you know, he's got this pearl for me, this guy that's been around and knows the book and, but what a gift. I hope that today I have been helpful to someone on this meeting. If it's just one of you, um, then my job was done. And if you are new here, what we have here is freedom from the obsession to overeat and a meaningful, purposeful life if you're willing to go to any length to recover, as our book says. Thank you, and I'll pass.